0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and today, Ina is throwing a pre holiday party, which I kind of love to be honest. I feel like. I mean, Granted the the holiday is not specified, but let's assume it's Christmas, you know, that's where we are in real life. And uh, I feel like we, you know, we have Friendsgivings. Why don't we have like Friends miss, you know? It doesn't have as good it doesn't fall off the tongue. Fall off the tongue, is that the phrase? Roll off the tongue, as well as Friendsgiving. But I don't know. I love I love a good holiday party. Keon's um work holiday party is tomorrow. I can't wait. It's always a good time my company does not throw holiday parties I think it's because we're too big um oh my phone just vibrated maybe that's my company saying that we have a uh, a party this year but it's not sadly um but what I will say is I'm excited for the holidays I'm excited to talk about this episode I'm trying to think of anything else before we get into it I feel like I always jump in so quickly but um let me think I don't know. It's like the countdown begins. There are like 16 more days till Christmas. Um, we have advent calendars for Keanu, Keanu, myself, as well as Lucy, like a little dog treat calendar. So cute. I thought about getting her. They have so many. I mean, they have so much stuff for pets um, and they have like toy, like a toy calendar where you get a little toy every day. But honestly, we're, tr- we're trying to stay away from plush because If we give her, like, one, she destroys it, like, instantly. So there's, like, no use spending $15 on a toy that she's just going to, we're going to, like, throw away after, like, 10 minutes. Um, So we really try to get stuff that's, like, durable but still kind of fun, which is hard. So if any of you listeners out there have dogs that are, like, strong chewers and you have, like, recommendations for toys, I will say that we've been really fond of the Chuck It brand. That's like number one for me. If you have dogs that like chew on, like just destroy everything, those have been really long lasting and great. And we also subscribe to a monthly like toy slash treat subscription called Bully Make, uh, which I feel like I found on TikTok or something. And I'm sure there are others that are like that. But um, let me know because Lucy needs some Christmas presents as long as she's good. She's been pretty naughty lately so you know but she's a puppy and it's her first Christmas with us so of course we're going to spoil her but I think that's pretty much it Christmas shopping is going well I feel like I have I want to say I have half of it done which is normally which is better than where I usually am around this time of year so honestly I got like a Christmas countdown and every day I change the number it's one of those where you like switch it's like a little wooden thing that you take off and find the number um and it's kind of been keeping me on track so you know and it's super cute i got it at aldi because aldi rules oh my gosh i forgot to tell you speaking of aldi this is perfect this is not even planned sometimes i even surprise myself with these segues but um i promised you all last week that i would follow up on the tortillas the mystery tortillas and i am happy to report that they are back the um not that anyone cares but they are the what are the the sun-dried tomato tortilla wraps Uh, And I can't remember what the heck the name of it is. I want to say Mission, but that's not it. I feel like it's called, like, Love and Fresh or something. So, all is well. I'm happy to report they're back. And um, it's a Christmas miracle, really. All right. Let's get into this episode. This is Season 10, Episode 1. And it's called Festive Fun. So, Ina begins. It's the holidays, and I have two reasons to celebrate First, my friends are coming for a party. That always makes me happy. And second, it's the first party that we're having in the new barn that we built next to our house. It's going to be so much fun. I'm making a luxurious seafood gratin with lobster, halibut, and shrimp in a delicious saffron sauce. Then, for dessert, a creamy pumpkin mousse. Afterwards, I'm serving spicy mulled wine and holiday s'mores filled with Oh wait, yeah, holiday s'mores filled with French chocolate bark, all enjoyed around the fire pit in my new garden. So this is a this is an episode with a lot of firsts here. I will say, once we finally get to, like the new barn, no one mentions it. No one says like, oh, I know, I love the new barn. But you know, she says it at the top of the episode, just just as a reminder. Okay, so first up is the pumpkin mousse, which sounds delicious. Ina starts by saying around the holidays everybody goes crazy getting ready for it everyone gets so crazy getting ready for it that we really do forget to have fun amen Ina I mean I feel like everything is just like there's so much pressure for like the day of especially if you have kids or you know fur babies or whoever you're uh you know you're looking to make Christmas special for um it's I I feel often too that like my favorite time of year is the Christmas season, if that makes sense, which is why I'm team, you know, put up your decorations as soon as possible, because I do love in the evening just like putting on the tree, sitting there with a glass of wine and just like, you know, taking it in. So I do agree with you, Ina. This is what I'm saying, I guess. Um, huh, Ina is still such a pumpkin pie hater and she said because when she introduces this recipe she says uh and we're not having pumpkin pie I just don't like her tone you know and she goes on to rail against pumpkin pie in a second here but so the pumpkin mousse starts with a cup of half and half uh this is poured into like a double boiler and to that she adds a one of the bigger like the 29 uh, ounce can of pumpkin puree some salt cinnamon nutmeg and two cups of brown sugar which is very you know pumpkin pie ish sort of flavors. She heats that for about 5 minutes and oh uh, here we go. As as she's heating up this mixture, she's she's cracking the egg yolks so she can, you know, it's it's a custard, so we need egg yolks. And as she's doing that, she says, "I usually find pumpkin pie so cloying and sweet and dense." And I was like, "What? First of all, what does cloying mean?" So I looked it up. I looked up the definition of cloying. And it is the definition of cloying for anyone who's wondering is excessively sweet, rich or sentimental, especially to a disgusting or sickening degree. She really hates pumpkin pie. I, if I ever meet her, if I ever am blessed with the opportunity to have a conversation with Ina Garten, I think I'd, I think I'd have to bring this up. Um, and maybe she would cave and be like, I like it sometimes, but I've never seen her make it, and I could be wrong about this, but um, she hates pumpkin pie. Cloying. I challenge everyone to use that. I, at Christmas dinner, just, like, I don't know. I find those mashed potatoes so cloying and dense. Um, I get, But I guess it's sweet, so it'd have to be about a dessert. So, I don't know. I kind of, here, here's what I'll say, I kind of understand where she's coming from. But with that being said, I love pumpkin pie, and um, I'll never waver, so... I don't know, Ina, I'm trying to think of something like mean to say about blue cheese and she loves that so much. I find it cloying and dense. I just find blue cheese disgusting really. But uh, so there's that. But she, uh, although she hates pumpkin pie, she does love this pumpkin mousse because it's light and flavorful. So next she puts the yolks into a bowl and adds them to the milk and spice mixture and then cooks that for a few more minutes to, you know, thicken it up. Uh, and next up is some gelatin, which is basically, you know, she has two packets of gelatin and adds that to some cold water to sort of bloom on the side. And then she smashes up two ripe bananas. I do love this. I love, like, the idea of, like, a like a pumpkin-banana combo. I, lo- I, I mean, a pumpkin-banana uh, bread would be great. I'm sure there's a recipe somewhere for that with some chocolate chips in it. Ugh, heaven. Um... I lost my train of thought because I got too excited about that, <laughs> the possibility of that. Uh, where am I? Okay, on the side, she she whips up a batch of homemade whipped cream, of course, using some of the good vanilla and some sugar. And she says some half of it will go into the mousse to give it that light texture, and some will go on top. So she folds the whipped cream into the pumpkin mixture uh, and then pours it into a mold, which is sort of like it's like an oversized ramekin is like the best way that I can describe that. And then she pipes some, the rest of the whipped cream, just like little like clouds around the edges as well as, and then she grates some orange zest on top of that too. It's a work of art really. I mean, oh my gosh, I would eat this thing. You could put this thing in front of me and I would just like, I wouldn't even need a spoon. I would just like, like pie eating contest style, just like dunk my head in. It just looks, (laughs) looks, it looks so good. Uh, It really does though. Uh, so while she she does have to chill the moose So while the moose is chilling Ina tells us that she's going to go shopping For some table decorations And to pick up some seafood around town First stop, of course, is Bridgehampton Florist Why would you go anywhere else? Uh, and Michael is there We haven't seen Michael in a while So I'm, I'm excited to see him It's a very quick trip uh, Ina clears him out uh, Ina <laughs> I was going to say Ina and him Ina clears him out of his stock of evergreens. Uh, It really is a lot actually. And I don't, she doesn't even use them all. But Ina says as she's going, it almost looks like a whole tree because Michael like chucks this thing over the counter. It really does look like a small tree. Uh, So next up is, she goes to the seafood shop and the gentleman behind the counter, his name is Alex. And he wraps up uh, a pound of halibut, a pound of lobster and a pound of shrimp for Ina. And she also picks up a quart of fish stock as well. Fish stock looks really good. Um, so now Ina is back home. She's ready to start this seafood gratin. And she starts by pouring almost the whole quart of fish stock into a stock pot. And to that, she adds two cups of heavy cream, some white wine, and tomato puree, which is not to be confu- uh, bleh, not to be confused with tomato paste. So I don't know tomato puree sounds like the bougie version of tomato paste, but Ina made a point to make, to let us know that they are different. So I guess there has to be some sort of differentiating factor there. And also she adds to finish this off a little pinch of saffron. They're the stamens of crocuses. So then Ina splits the shrimp in half, uh, which if that makes sense, like long ways, like along the intestinal tract I don't know how else to like describe that but I think you get the picture um and she cooks the shrimp in the stock for about three minutes that's I mean one of the things I really love about seafood is that it just it takes no time at all really and while that is happening while the shrimp are cooking uh she prepares the halibut she gives uh she like chops that up I'm surprised she had the bone in there she has to like remove the bone um but you know sometimes you got to do the hard work and after she's done chopping the halibut the shrimp is done so it's time for the halibut to go in she puts the shrimp aside in in a little bowl there uh and next she brings out this beautiful lobster oh my god which is already cooked uh no need to cook the yeah (laughs) i almost just said the same thing twice my next note is no need to cook the lobster since it's already cooked i guess i just i typed it twice because it's important (laughs) uh so next she scoops out the halibut puts it in the bowl with the lobster and the shrimp. And then she cooks the stock for about 10 minutes until it reduces by half. Uh, and while that is happening, Ina chops up some leeks and carrots, which she then sautés in some butter. Yes, please. And while those leeks and carrots are sautéing, she whips up her own, I guess like a like a thickening agent for the stock, which is a few tablespoons of butter mixed uh, in with some flour. So... She puts that in the stock, and while that is thickening up, she pours some white wine into the carrots and leeks. And then she mixes up a topping for all of this, which is like a. I don't know why I put. I meant to put panko breadcrumbs, and it auto corrected to panic breadcrumbs. So no panicking here, but panko breadcrumbs, yes. Uh so panko, aka panic breadcrumbs, grated parmesan, a few tablespoons of freshly chopped parsley, some tarragon and some chopped garlic. Uh so she kind of gives that a little mix with her fingers, and then she binds it all together with some melted butter, obviously. And now it's time to assemble. So she pours the cooked seafood into like an oval shaped gratin dish, and it's probably probably like I don't know, like two and a half, three inches high. Um, and fairly big too, because there's a lot going in. Uh, so after she dumps in the seafood, she puts in the vegetables and then drizzles, uh, drizzles over like the rest of the fish stock on there, like fills up the whole dish. Oh my God. It looks so good. And then the crumbs. Oh my gosh. I mean, I was, I was really excited for this. And I, just as I was like, wow, that looks so good. Ina says, wow, can't wait for dinner. Uh, because she knows, okay. she knows that it's amazing. So she says, um, she's going to put it in the fridge, but she said she'll bake it at 375 for 20 minutes right before everyone arrives, and it will be hot, bubbly, and crumbly. I, I also want this. I need this in my life. So now it's time for some chocolate bark. I feel like Ina loves a good chocolate bark. I feel like I've covered episodes in the past at least three, maybe even four, whether it's a white chocolate bark... Or just a regular chocolate bark or anything in between. It seems to be a trend. Uh, So she starts by roasting some cashews, is how she pronounced it, in the uh, the oven. And while those are roasting, she chops up some bittersweet and semi-sweet chocolate. Because she really doesn't like just one or the other. But uh, both of them together is the perfect combo. And then she puts the chocolate over a double boiler to melt... um, And while that's melting, she gets the cashews out of the oven. And while they cool, she brings out some dried apricots and some dried cranberries. She chops up the dried apricots to make them a little bit smaller, but the cranberries are, you know, they're already the perfect size. Now she measures, or she kind of draws a square, I guess maybe a rectangle, uh, with pencil on parchment paper on a baking sheet, and then turns it over so she doesn't get any, you know, lead on her chocolate. And then she pours the melted chocolate into the square using that, uh, square that she wrote as a guide. And she spreads that out. It looks delicious. And then she adds the roasted cashews, apricots, and dried cranberries on top. She mentioned something about like, in America, we, you know, you mix up the, you put like everything in the bowl into the chocolate and then pour it out. But she's like, but in France, uh, I don't know if she said Europe or France, but we'll just say France. They put it, they like sprinkle it on top. And I will admits I do like this better because it, it looks cleaner and it looks, uh, you know, you could really see the pop of color with everything. So I'm, I'm on board. Uh, so after this is all assembled, it's time to let the chocolate rest for two hours at room temperature. And she says that um, the goal or how this will be consumed is that her and her friends are going to make s'mores out of these chocolate bark pieces around the big brazier, or brazier not (laughs) Brazier. I mean, it auto-corrected to Brazier, but it's, she said brazier. And I was like, again, what the hell is a brazier? I had to look this up. Uh, so a brazier is just another word for like a portable heater consisting of like, this is the definition from Google, by the way, consisting of a pan or stand for holding lighted coals. But really it's kind of like any sort of outdoor grill slash fire pit that you could get at, like, Target. Only hers is, like, amazing, of course. The brazier, not the Brazier, Jesus Christ. Um, So moving on from that, uh, it is time to set the table. It's Ina's favorite part. She's using silver and taupe as her inspiration, and she fills two vases with fruits, one with clementines and one with lemons for some height and a pop of color. And next up is the greenery that she got from Bridgehampton Florist. Again, she doesn't use all of it, but I'm sure it doesn't go to waste. I'm sure she could just, like, put it somewhere in her house to make it look festive. The table looks fabulous, as always. And so does Ina. She does a costume change. And and by costume change, you know, she threw on a white cashmere scarf and some earrings. She kept the same shirt on. But, you know, that's my kind of getting ready for a party. Like, I'm already, like, 90% dressed. And then you just throw on a scarf and you know, pour yourself a glass of wine, only this time it's mulled wine. And I have to say something. I don't really love mulled wine. Ugh! I know it's a lot of people love it. And I don't. And I don't know why, because it feels like I should, but I think it has to do with the spices. So let's break this down. So it starts with four cups of apple cider, and then a whole bottle of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon goes in there. And then a quarter cup of honey. And I think this is where it starts to go south. Uh, She puts in four cloves. Four cloves. (laughs) I thought four cloves of garlic. Just kidding. Um, Four cloves. And then three star anise, which is like licorice flavored. And then two sticks of cinnamon. I like the cinnamon. And she also adds the juice of one orange. I don't know why. I just feel it's too sweet, I think. I don't know. Um it's not my favorite so if you are also a hater of mauled wine let me know because i feel i feel like every time i'm at a christmas party or something everyone i always feel bad for saying i don't really love mauled wine because it's no it's not it's not anything against them who made it i just don't really love it and i always feel like i have to take it you know it's like it's the polite thing to do but i'm just like i don't want this um But those are my, those are my opinions. I don't know what it is. Maybe I just haven't had the right mulled wine, but it's also hot too. Like hot wine freaks me out. I don't know why. So, um, there we go. But anyway, the guests have arrived. I don't know who these people are, but Frank is there, uh, which is nice. Uh, He's sort of like the anchor in the group. I, I really didn't recognize any other of these people. Um, so you know, they're sort of eating and it's delicious. And then Ina interrupts the group. She says that, um, she'll meet them outside and that she's got a surprise for them. So outside Frank is taking the lead and starts the fire while Ina builds this sort of, uh, like a tray of all the, you know, the, the s'mores fixins like the graham crackers and, um, I think the marshmallows, there has to be marshmallows, right? Yes. I don't know why for some reason I'm blanking. I, I don't remember them, but they have to be there. It's not a s'more if you don't have a marshmallow. Um, I will say this as well. I know there's like so many controversial opinions today. Um, I like a s'more. I love everything that goes into a s'more. I don't like making them. And I just, I feel like they're such a mess because you're outside And you can't really see, like, once you have it in your hand, like, there's chocolate everywhere. And you really have to, like, cook that marshmallow just right, which I feel I have mastered over the years. You don't want to, like, put it directly over the... You don't want it to catch on fire. You have to have patience and let it burn a little... Or not burn a little bit, but, you know, let it melt properly so there's not just, like, a big splodgy marshmallow. It has to be able to ooze to the side. But even with that, I'm kind of done after one of them, you know? I I don't know. I don't know why I'm hating on s'mores, but they're just not my favorite thing. Of course, I'll eat one. I love if someone would make me one. That would be cool. But, uh, you know, those are my thoughts on s'mores. Um, <laughs> again, there's that. So Ina brings out the tray and announces that they're going to be making some high-class s'mores. And, uh, you know, as mentioned before, they're using the chocolate bark as the, you know, in replacement of the, the old Hershey's bar. And they're very thick, too, because there's all the chunks in it. So I just feel like this is a mess. But uh, she also brings out the mulled wine, which I would, I mean, again, I would pass, but I would especially pass because I just can't drink something sweet if I'm eating something sweet. I think I talked about this before, like with birthday cake, like I need a glass of milk or like a glass of water. I can't have like Uh, like a soda or like wine or something with it. It's just, it's too much. So the fact that this is mulled wine that I don't really love in the first place, like paired up with like a a super sweet dessert, I would probably have the s'more and then have a cup of coffee. That's the route I would go. Um, So there's that. Anyway, they all cheers and say happy holidays about 17 times in a row while they all like, (laughs) they're all roaring with laughter. And above all the commotion in the very end, Ina says, I think it's starting to snow. It was almost like the the same tone of voice of like, God bless us, everyone. It was so funny. Uh, but of course it wasn't. But maybe it was. Who knows? We never will. Huh, and that's the end of the episode. Wow. What a roller coaster. We learned so many things. We learned what a brazier was. We learned the definition of cloying. We learned that I'm a s'more hater and especially a mulled wine hater. But um, hopefully some of you are in agreement with me on my my controversial takes on the food we talked about today. But that's all I have. So thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic that also works too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. Maybe not Twitter anymore, just Instagram. Twitter's dead. (laughs) And of course, you can uh, find me on my other podcast, the best supporting podcast every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, happy holidays, and I'll see you next time.